live from the heart of Los Angeles, this is the online edition of the Life Changes Show. Look at the bright lights, look at the bright We have tonight's guest, animal rights activist and filmmaker, Jamie Logan. Look at the night sky, look at the night sky. And performance guest, Luciana Zogby. I am Mark Lejeur, and now our host, the MC, the master of change, Filippo Voltaggio. Being of Italian descent and into all good things that are part of our heritage, lately my family and I have taken much delight in following and sharing videos with each other from Instagrammers and Instagram channels, etc., that feature all good things Italian. The majority of the ones we share are about food, usually food that we don't have here in the States or, or better yet, food that, that we have here in the States, but it's not fresh, it's not grown here, or it's not picked right off the vine or from under the ground and eaten right away or picked from a tree or above the soil or any way that food deliciously grows and we harvest it. No, we share some, uh, we share some uh, uh, of the emotions that these people go through, or we get emotional as well, uh, wherein there are, especially the videos where you have like young kids asking their parents or their great or their grandparents or their great grandparents to to tell them about uh, a particular dish that they like and so you'll see usually like it's sicily or naples or tuscany or something and you'll see the the grandfather for example going out into the into the into the orchard or into the farm and picking uh uh, uh, something off of a tree or, or something off of a vine. And, and, then, and then in some cases, like a tomato or a fruit, cutting it right there and asking the person, to, the, the child to taste it or the young person to taste it. And, and, then, and then there are stories that go with it, like this tree was planted by my great, great, great grandfather, your great, great grandfather, and, and your, your great, great grandmother used to water it and blah, blah, blah. And then she would make this with the fruit from it and all, all of that stuff and things even like, and then the reason we ate this during this holiday is because that's when they're the freshest or that's when they're dry. All these stories, they talked about season. They talk about uh, how things are grown and where and why and, and blah, 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 blah. And I often think as I'm watching all this stuff, how disconnected are we so many of us obviously not them but me even from how that happens like where it comes from and who planted it and how they cultivate it and how disconnected from there to when it goes into my mouth or our mouths and Tonight, actually, the episode 761 of the Life Changes Show is where your food really comes from. Although in this case, we're primarily focused on meats and fish and fowl, but something really, really to think about and a conversation that matters. It's a conversation that matters, but you're also reminding me of when people talk about someone putting love in the food. Mm. And then yet we don't talk about 
whether they're putting fear into the food. And I have a feeling we'll touch on that tonight. Oh, well, and here we go. So uh, again, our episode 761 is where your food really comes from. And our interview guest is animal rights activist, filmmaker, and media personality in a big way. Here is Jamie Logan. Welcome, Jamie, to the Life Changes Show. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure to be on and to give voice to this very important topic. And speaking of giving voice, actually, um, we have some people to thank. Uh, yeah, uh, Star Simmons and VKind app and our partner through our alliance with Sapphire Sanctuary originally introduced us to you, Jamie. We have an event coming up that we would like you to go check out at VKind.com. And uh, we're so excited with all the, the great work they've been doing. So we'll get into all of that. But first and foremost, Jamie, I, I, I saw you. And I thought, look at her, it's beautiful, smart, and and so like unassuming. And you walk up to people and you talk to them, and they're answering questions. And all of a sudden, you're like, whoa! And there she goes. <laughs> people are like, what did I get myself into? <laughs> <laughs> Who is this? <laughs> what is she asking me? <laughs> Where does that start? Like, were you always inquisitive? So it's interesting. I really never saw myself going down this path. So, you know, for those people that haven't seen my content, I have a show called Jamie's Corner, where I speak to people on the streets about uh, some of our very pressing issues, such as animal rights and, and our food system. And I ask people these very hard hitting questions on the streets that kind of tend to make folks uncomfortable. And so I would say from a young age, I was a little rebellious. I definitely got myself into some trouble, but I never saw myself becoming an activist in this sense. But what it was for me was seeing a livestock truck full of pigs on a highway when I was 13 years old. And I just remember sitting in the car with my dog and looking at the, the pigs in this livestock truck and just feeling really uncomfortable about it. Because growing up, I mean, I ate bacon, I ate chicken sandwiches, I mean, I ate meat, dairy and eggs multiple times a day and didn't really ever think about where my food was coming from and who was impacted by it. Mm. Mm. So, so how did it start for you as you were transitioning from just sitting in the car thinking about it to, I need to do something about this? It was definitely a process. So I went home that night and for dinner, my, my parents were making pork chops or something like that. And I just remember perfect. telling them, perfect, right? I was like, <laughs> I don't really want to eat that. And they were very supportive of it. And so from there, I slowly cut out red meats. I cut out chicken. And then I went pescatarian where I was still consuming fish, dairy, and eggs. And then little by little, I started learning about those industries and the fishing industry and the plastics in the ocean. And, you know, you start to see them as individuals that don't want to die, you know? And so I, I, then was like, oh, well, I'll just go vegetarian. You know, what's wrong with that? And I, January 1st of 2018, I took a, a January 1st challenge called Veganuary, which is a pledge that you make for one month. And I wasn't really going to stick to it. But sure enough, I started getting emails about the dairy industry and the egg industry. And I was like, what? This happens in these industries? I didn't know they killed cows for, for cheese and ice cream and, and milk. And um, what really stuck with me was 
the the milk situation where I was like, wait, why am I drinking a mother's milk that she makes for her baby cow? Like, I'm not a baby cow. <laughs> and then the egg industry, too. I was like, well, what's wrong with eggs? Chickens just lay eggs, don't they? And then I started learning about how on the first day of life, male baby chicks are thrown into macerators or drowned or electrocuted and they're killed because they're no profit to the industries. And then the hens, the female hens, will go on to lay eggs her whole life and uh, be kept in a, a dark shed or, you know, as we, uh, that's industry standard term, cage free or, you know, free range. I, re I, I soon came to realize that those terms really don't mean much for the animals. So wait, how are, and who, who's killed for cow's milk? Like that doesn't make sense at all to me. Yeah, it was super it, surprising to me as well when I started learning about the dairy industry. So the way it works is when uh, you have a female cow and in order for cows to produce milk, they have to have a baby just like humans. So farmers artificially inseminate female cows. Nine months later, she will give birth to a baby. If that baby is a boy, he will be separated from his mother shortly after birth, kept in a veal crate, and killed just within a few weeks for veal. If it's a female, she will go on to also be artificially impregnated over and over again, have her babies taken away, and then ultimately all dairy cows are sent to the slaughterhouse. The dairy industry is a slaughter industry. Wow. How did you learn all this? So I at first didn't believe it. I really, really wanted to look into it and see it for myself. So I started first and foremost watching documentaries and reading about this information. So the first documentary I watched was a doc called Earthlings. It was free on YouTube. It's still up there if you want to go check it out. And it just goes through standard practices of how our food gets to our plates. And I was sitting there and I'm like, oh my God, I can't even watch this. Why am I eating it? I was just shocked at, at the treatment of these animals, these, you know, innocent, defenseless creatures, no different from our dogs and cats, right? And so then I was like, well, maybe there's a local farm or a humane farm. Like, how does this work? And I do a little bit of acting work and I had a shoot at a dairy farm in Pennsylvania. And I went for the shoot there and I ended up spending the time that I wasn't on set looking around this dairy farm and the babies were kept in these crates off by themselves, the mothers, it was just a horrible, horrible way of life. The mothers were confined in these areas, they were dirty, some of them had mastitis, which was like infection of the udders. So you have this pus, this mm. blood going into the milk. I was like, I am never drinking this again. Um, and that's really, so I've been to these places, then I started getting into undercover investigations and then looking into egg farms, egg hatcheries, and creating my own films about some of these issues. So if anybody were to read your bio, you uh, interject humor. Where's the humor come from? Right. <laughs> That's a great question. So it's, I find that people don't want to watch this stuff and they don't want to hear about this stuff because they know that if they do, they're going to have to make change and change their actions and their behavior. So I try to find a way with my content to add humor to it, not at all about the animal suffering, but about the awkwardness of the conversation. And the humor kind of comes in where you get these 
comments about how people compare humans to lions and tigers and i'm like well lions and tigers snuff each sniff each other's butts like do we do that well, maybe but not not out in public at least so like things like that <laughs> okay i get it <laughs> where i'm like you know you have these excuses and it's these deep rooted thoughts and, and deep conditioning that we're taught from a young age that you know, these farmed animals are meant to be eaten, but these dogs and cats are meant to be kept as companion animals. And so I'm, I'm trying to break down these deep-rooted um, societal norms that, that we've been taught. So for something that people don't want to watch, uh, quote-unquote, uh, your films are getting in upwards of 75 million views and counting. So mm -hmm. what is happening there, do you think? So yeah, so part of my content is the humor, the YouTube fun stuff, also what I do on social media on my Jamie's Corner page, but also I've created uh, six short documentaries that can also be seen on Now This with a documentary company called Cave Light Films. And we basically take stories from the animal rights movement and tell them in a way that's entertaining but also informative. So one of our, the, the first film that we ever made was when I met this director of Cave Light Films at an animal rights march in 2019. And he comes up to me, he was asking me about my shirt and what I was doing here. And my shirt said, Newark Animal Save. And on the back was a quote that said something about like, silence is violence and that we need to speak up. And so he goes, well, what does Newark Animal Save? And I was like, I go to slaughterhouses every week and I give animals water and I videotape their conditions before they're taken inside the slaughterhouse mm. so he goes oh my gosh he's like i i, I want to come and film this so i said yeah i mean sure we'd love to just get more you know views on this and show people what's really happening so one morning in september it was uh, about 6 a.m. ish, he came and he showed up and I was there giving water with a few other activists to some of the cows and the sheep that were on the truck awaiting to go inside the slaughterhouse. And there happened to be an altercation between myself and the trucker, the farmer guy, because he was mad that we were giving water to his animals and I was just like, it's a basic right for anybody to just have water. And so that film that that filmmaker made that day got over 20 million views and it mm -hmm. just shined light onto some of these conditions. Why is there, did the trucker have a reason as to why they shouldn't have water? Like it messes up their process later or something in their minds or does it mess up the machines if the animals are hydrated? I mean, do you have any idea mm -hmm. what that was about? Yeah, just, I could I could you know, see how if we didn't have closed Poland spring bottles, he could wonder what we're giving to the animals. But I was very clear in showing him that this is a sealed bottle of water. It's not anything, you know, poisonous. I mean, of course, you know, we're really just trying to be here to help and to document the conditions. So but he was just also kind of making fun of us and I, he making really inappropriate comments to myself and some of the other activists there. I just think, you know, people get on the defensive about these issues because it's it, it causes people to look internally and recognize that what they're doing is wrong. And so I do understand his perspective that this is his whole way of living his life, mm. his his means of, of, of making money, right? Yeah. So 
we're not here to attack him by any means. We're just here to show up for the animals. But, you know, that's just an example of, you know, one film that it, it had elements in it of controversy. It had elements of information. It was, you know, an entertaining piece to watch. It was about 10 to 12 minutes. But really, most importantly, our message was what got through there. Um, so we did made about six of those films and you can check them out at cavelightfilms.com slash the animal issue. It's on there. But our, the next film I'm working on is called The Next Girl, which I'm very excited about. Yes, and we're going to be talking about that actually when we come back from break. But before we go, yeah. you were talking about how we're not like lions or tigers or something like that. Uh, so what I think you were also alluding to there is, is, is for example, in your uh, frame of reference, vegetarianism is still not enough because... Because like some people might say eggs, honey, and obviously dairy. And that's what you were alluding to, right? Correct. Yes. Vegetarianism is still exploiting the animals for their secretions, right? So being that the dairy and egg industries cause animals to be killed, that is why I do not support those industries. And honey as well is an ex exploitative industry. Bees, queen bees have their wings cut off and oftentimes the hives are lit on fire when the, the beekeepers are done with them. I just come from a standpoint of if we don't need to use animals for our own means, then we shouldn't. So for somebody who might say, there was there ever a time or this is, you know, time honored tradition, well, not honored traditions, but like People used to hunt, the cavemen used to throw rocks or spears and get mm -hmm. animals and eat. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, yeah. So there was a time that we did need to hunt animals for survival, but in 2023, we have so many plant-based options that are delicious, that are fulfilling and nutritious. And, you know, I do like to to, to say that we're, we're most of the people that I speak to are people that are here living in New York City, in the West Village. Like They have the means to go to a supermarket and choose products and options that cause less suffering. Uh, speaking of humor, you said something funny when we were talking earlier today. You said something like, we have cell phones. We're yeah. not cave people. So that's a great point. So a lot of people like to say, oh, well, what about the caveman? What about the wild animals, the lions and the tigers? I'm like, okay, listen, we have cell phones. We drive cars. We go into supermarkets and we that's that's how we live. Why are we comparing our actions to those of cavemen and, and lions and tigers? Do we do anything like them? No, we don't. <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny how we that's the only thing that we we use to compare our everybody wants to say that we're nothing like lions and tigers for any other reason, you know, that we're kind, we have a moral compass and this and that. But as soon as it comes to eating meat, it's like we are lions and tigers. It's ridiculous. So speaking of kind, we're going to be talking about the V kind experience and at the V kind experience. The next girl film will be premiered. So when we come back, actually starring uh, our very own Jamie Logan. Um, so when we come back, we're going to talk about the V Kind experience and this film. And so all of that with Jamie Logan when we come back. Then after Jamie, we're going to be joined by Dorothy for the Ask Dorothy segment. And our performance guest is joining us live, Luciana Zogby, here on the Life Changes Show Online Edition, all right after this. Want to connect with amazing people who are committed to making a difference? 
From the Heart Tribe is a platform, community, and movement with the purpose of bringing like-minded humans together to help animals and the environment in order to gain a stronger connection and understanding of the world around us. They are dedicated to effectuating positive change by empowering individuals to organize meaningful and engaging experiences that build compassion for animals and the natural environment. Their founders' and members' passion is to inspire others to actively get involved in their homes, their communities, and the world to raise awareness about the issues we face and most of all to be part of the solution. Through their efforts, they have also accomplished some amazing and tangible achievements. Their Pickup for Paradise beach cleanups have collected over 50,000 pieces of foreign debris. And also, thanks to animal rescue and recovery volunteers, over 30% of the volunteers have become vegan or reduced their meat intake. Daily habits make a big difference. Please join any of their upcoming events by going to fthtorg and signing up for their newsletter. You can also follow on Instagram and Facebook at From the Heart Tribe. Have you felt inspired to meditate but you just can't? Do you suffer from anxiety but fidget toys just make you more fidgety? Want to replace negative self-talk in your head that keeps bringing you down? Introducing the latest self-help solution, Phi Beads. Transformational beaded jewelry inspired by ancient wisdom, science, math, and psychology. All Phi Beads are designed to incorporate the powerful Fibonacci sequence, nature's mathematical formula that has shaped our existence from the beginning of time. The Fibonacci sequence, also known as the golden mean or the golden ratio, is recognized by our conscious and unconscious mind and resonates as order out of chaos like we see in plants, flowers, seashells, ocean waves, the pyramids, and in our own body. Not only beautiful, they feel good to wear. Phi Beads can help anchor tranquility, positivity, focus, and structure in your life by doing the Phi Meditation. Phi Meditation helps you harness the power of I Am for intention, affirmation, and manifestation. Affirm the life you want. Get your set of Phi Beads at phibeads.com. That's Phi, P-H-I, beads.com. You are listening to a conversation that matters on the Life Changes Show. Broadcasting live from the heart of Los Angeles every Monday night at 7 p.m. Pacific Time. Share the journey with us at lifechangesshow.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Life Changes Show. Well, if you don't know who our interview guest is, it's Jamie Logan. As a matter of fact, it's Jamie uh it's jamiescorner.com is where you could learn more about jamie logan uh so it's jamie j-a-m-i-e-s corner.com and of course she's on instagram at it's jamie's corner and on youtube jamie's corner show the show that we've been talking about so she's an animal rights activist a filmmaker and person and media personality and we're going to add to that actress jamie Thank you. Thank you for the warm intro. So uh, you're the next girl. I guess so. I (laughs) guess I am. You'll have to come and see it. Uh, So as a matter of fact, at VKind, so that I heard you before the show asking if uh, any of us are going to be there. When is it and where? Absolutely. So the coolest vegan event of the year is happening in Los Angeles, November 11th and 12th at the Magic Box Theater in downtown LA. So cool so, that you're flying out from New York for this. 
I am, I am. I'm flying out the 9th, and so I'll be spending a few days in LA. And I am so excited about this. This is going to be the foodie event of the year. There's going to be 11 themed rooms. It's like an experiential room. Meet, think like Van Gogh Museum meets Meow Wolf. So there's going to be projections mm. on the wall, and on the walls there's going to be um, live mermaids in one of the rooms. And and each one of your senses from your sights to your smells to what you're hearing to what you're touching is going to be affected in all of these rooms and we're so excited about this and the next girl the film that i was in is going to be premiering there in one of the rooms so you'll get to see it there very cool so before we talk about the film i've been to both meow wolf and to van gogh uh maybe not van gogh maybe an another thing but there wasn't food Right. So that is what makes this different. I mean, come on, you got to get the taste buds tingled a little. <laughs> so how do people find out about that? So people can go to the vkindexperience.com and you can get your tickets on there. Remember, your tickets include all of your food. It includes the experience, tickets to the premiere of The Next Girl, and also our networking tent. There's going to be a bunch of brands there and really amazing people. So I'm so excited for this event. It, it's, it's the first, hopefully, of many. This type of thing has never been done before. So prepare to have your mind blown. Exciting. So before we talk about the film, people are going to be able to meet J Jamie Logan there. And if there's a camera following her, watch out. You may be asked a question. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> do, do you tell these people, I'm just curious, do you tell these people that they're going to be on YouTube and it's going to get millions of views? I don't mention the millions of parts. <laughs> But I do mention that I will be using this for my social media. Do I have permission? And yeah, people say yes, usually. I ask them it's for permission before I start getting into the intense questions. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. So we, we can't uh, talk too much about the film, but what can you say? Sure. So just to give you guys a little synopsis of it, the next girl film is a film about these women that are born in a dystopian world where their bodily autonomy is taken away from them. They are forced to have babies over and over again and their babies are stolen from them and it mm. follows the story of the next girl and her rebellious nature and uh it's just a really beautiful film but it's very intense and it hopefully will get people thinking uh, about an even broader message is our is our hope when you started to tell me this you said it's a fictional film and mm -hmm. yet and yet and yet it does have a deeper message in it. Yeah. <laughs> wink, yeah. wink. As, as everything that you do. So after sharing all that you have shared with us, and I, and I know there's so much uh, more, I, there, and there is, there is one more uh, piece that I want to add before I ask uh, our final questions, and that is, uh, but people don't make the connection to where your food really comes from you're you're taking them like there's this saying you know farm to table you're taking them from like ranch to table and the middle part is something most people can't see much less well we're not shown really right that's the thing yeah and there's nothing graphic or gory really in the film that will 
turn anybody away. In fact, with this whole entire event, we want to draw people in and we want to show people that when you go vegan, there's no sacrifice. You're able to have all the foods that you love, that you eat all the time, except a vegan version of it. So all that's missing is the cruelty. The tastes are there. The textures are there. The nutrition is there. It's even healthier. And so that is really the goal with this event is to bring people into this beautiful world where all living beings are loved and respected. And and now I was going based on your videos and your show. That's what I was getting at. So with oh. that, you're, you're taking people on a journey with all that. Yeah. And with my shows in particular, I try to not put too much graphic or gory images in there either. It's mainly just if I can squeeze it in there just to kind of give you an idea of what I'm talking about. Like if I'm saying something about the dairy industry, I might just flash to a dairy cow and her baby being separated just to put a visual. But I try to always give people, you know, I try to let them lead them to look at things on their own but where i can sneak little things in there i try because when i think about what changed me it was seeing that that footage yeah. i mean it's the truth it's the reality so we have to face it at some point so obviously just this conversation alone for anybody that's listening and if this is the first time they've ever heard a conversation like this uh, i can't imagine but it could be for many uh, then what uh where, where's the first place they could start? So great question. Listen, I just want to clarify and let everybody know that this is a process. It didn't happen overnight for me. You know, if when we grow up, like we're told that these are the animals you eat. These are the ones you love. We're, we're basically force fed advertisements, literally of meat, dairy, and eggs our entire lives. It's, it truly does take effort to to go outside of that and say wait let me actually think about this is this actually something that i want to participate in is this something that i want to fund you know when something's so widespread and available it, it's it, you think oh how bad could it really be so the first step that i would say is to educate yourself and watch some of these documentaries such as earthlings which is free on youtube which is what i watched i really also recommend what the health which is on netflix and cowspiracy which is about the environment there's so many but maybe if you just start with those three that is what impacted me the most and and maybe watching it uh with people so a conversation could be had right Absolutely. Yeah. I think the, the greatest piece of advice that I have, and that's what really has kept me working as hard as I do is number one, the animals and, and seeing the suffering and wanting to change it, but also having that support system. So having friends and, and even some family that share um, the same passion for animal rights and, and just so you don't feel super alone in the world, it really does make a big difference having those people. Wow. So uh, there, there's so much that you're doing. And we're talking about, of course, LA, New York, but there's an international campaign that there are many international campaigns that you are part of. And of course, your social media and your videos go internationally. So what is what is the impact that you're sensing? Or is there a different kind of reaction in other places in the world or how does, how does it all compare in your eyes that you can tell? 
So it's really hard to say, but I do believe that with the power of social media and the power of film that we are able to get our message to reach more people than ever possible. You know, in a, a few clicks of a button, I can upload a video that will reach millions of people and get this message out there. You know, 10, even 20 years ago, that wasn't possible. So it's, it's an uphill battle. You know, I try not to get caught up in my own little vegan bubble and think that more change has happened. We still have a lot of work to do. But I, you are starting to see Gen Z and, and younger people that are wake, waking up to this message and, and that want to eat more sustainably and, and eat more healthy and also not cause cruelty to animals. And that's really all veganism is about. It's just trying to do better and, and do that with your individual actions. And then from there, you can support so many other issues. Again, it's not a sacrifice. It's only added so much to my life and just aligned my, my morals that I always had with my actions. And, you know, the last thing I want to get to touch on with you uh, that we haven't touched on at all, and, and uh, as you say, it's, it's a process. There, there's one thing with uh, fashion, and then there's a whole other thing with, like, fast fashion where people are wearing something once, and, and that even, you know, just degrees of not feeling good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's so many issues that we need to focus on, but by leaving animals off of your plate three times a day, you can then do so many other things. It's like we just don't want to keep funding these industries so that they keep killing so many animals and producing these products. They, they do it for money. That's why they do it. I mean, I just disrupted the Coach Fashion Show a few weeks ago with a sign that said Leather Kills, and that made media headlines all over the world. And it got people thinking about how unsustainable leather is to, you know, firstly, but also how it kills animals, it kills cows, and that we, we don't need to be killing anyone for a fashion statement. We can use sustainable vegan leathers, such as leathers made from cactus, from pineapple, even certain teas. I mean, it's even the worst kind of vegan leather has a, has a way less impact than, than animal skin leathers. It's wild. Okay, so I saw that picture and I was going to ask you before the show, but we're on the show. How, were you a model? I mean, obviously you are an actress and, and a model, but were you a model? How did you get onto that runway? So I kind of just snuck in. I'm not a model. Uh, I actually... Okay was kind of nervous about walking it because I was like, I don't know how to walk this, but I'll figure it out, you know, as long as we get the message out there. And yeah, I I can't, you know, reveal too many secrets of how I got in because I, <laughs> <Okay, okay. laughs> I plan but on But you weren't continuing. the only one. You had somebody with you, right? Who also of course. had yes. body painting or something. So I had two people with me, one, one, my friend Rachel, who was videotaping us, and then my friend Sasha, who was body painted as a skinned animal in her chest. She had written leather, leather kills. Wow. And um, yeah, we, we, she was, you know, we, she was in a trench coat and I was just, I had my sign folded up really small in a bag and we managed to get in and then we sat down and then when the lights lower, we waited about five minutes and then we got up and stormed the runway and uh, you know, we, 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 this is a last resort. This is not something that we go to immediately for years PETA and other animal rights organizations has shown coach investigation footage of what happens in the leather industry and has begged them to change and as a last resort when we get no response and when we're met with silence we have to take things to the next level and we, we did wow well Jamie you are a force 
And you have certainly enlightened. And as a matter of fact, if anybody wants to see, we've posted one of Jamie's video from Jamie's Corner on the webpage for Jamie Logan at lifechangesshow.com. You'll find more information there for Jamie. Again, it's jamiescorner.com or on Instagram, same. It's Jamie's Corner and YouTube, Jamie's Corner Show. Jamie, thank you so much. What a lot of information, a lot of food for thought, and I think we might be seeing you here in a little bit. Yes, thank you so much. And I really hope to see you guys at the V-Kind Experience in LA, November 11th and 12th. Indeed. So uh, give that website again, please. It's thevkindexperience.com. Vkindexperience.com. Vkindexperience.com. And thank you so much. All the best to you, Jamie Logan. Awesome. All the best, guys. Thank you. And with that, we have our Ask Dorothy segment. Dear Dorothy, this is Angelina, and I listen to you and the motherly advice you've given to me. You are a special person that I can talk to. You have helped me get through some personal things, and I am profoundly grateful and thankful for you being in my life. With being a mother yourself, my question to you, Dorothy, is how deeply does a mother know best? When and how does a mother know what is to come in her child's life? At what stage of life is it in both for the mother and child? Angelina, I am grateful that I've served you well with the advice I have shared. However, my answer to this question, which is close to your heart, is complicated, and I trust that it will serve you. I believe that the phrase, mothers know best, is not always true. It appears that you had a wise mother, and I'm happy for you and joyful that you continue to celebrate her. However, not all mothers are the same, and not all mothers ever know what is best for their children. So I can't give you a time frame as to when mothers do know what the future holds for their children. My mother definitely did not know what was best for me, and I don't believe she had a clue as to what my future held. And as a very young mother myself, I certainly didn't know what was best for my kids. Therefore, When and how mothers know best and at what stage of life it occurs depends entirely on the mother's life story. Now that my kids are adults, I feel that I do have some valuable ideas as to what is best for them. However, as adults, they choose their own best and aren't always very interested in hearing what I believe is best for them. The good news is that my daughter does listen and then makes her own choices and has created a wonderful life that works for her. It appears that she knows what is best for her. I am thrilled when my clients and friends like you hear me and very grateful to be of service, giving good motherly advice. I have discovered through doing the work I love, which is assisting people in awakening and understanding their lives, that more mothers than not absolutely did not know best. Angelina, I love that you hold your mother in such high esteem, and I lovingly suggest that you become willing to understand why it is so important for you to believe that all mothers know best, as I believe this will assist you in so many ways. I look forward to being a service to you if you feel you need help in discerning what your attachment to the belief is really about. Thank you, Dorothy. And if you have a question for Dorothy, please write her at askdorothy at lifechangesshow.com. 
And we'll be right back with our performance guest, Luciana Zogby, here on the Life Changes Show Online Edition, right after this. The Little Dog That Could is the fantastically true story of a man and a little dog that came into his life as his mentor to help him understand the world beyond his human senses and to experience life, love, and healing beyond his human understanding. Best-selling author, Filippo Voltaggio, who currently hosts the highly regarded Life Changes show, is an internationally known singer, speaker, and life coach. Filippo offers up his own story, how one little surprise package in fur and four legs transformed his life unexpectedly forever and furthered his path of self-discovery. In The Little Dog That Could, Filippo brings to life the meaning of the adage, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Through the reading of this book, you will experience the journey of real miracles that transcend time, space, and logic while gaining practical tools that will help you navigate your way. The Little Dog That Could is available through Amazon and Barnes & Noble. For more information, visit thelittledogthatcould.com. That's thelittledogthatcould.com. There are self-help seminars costing thousands of dollars guaranteeing miraculous transformations. There are compelling speakers and life-changing weekend experiences where you can walk on fire. They all deliver revelations that guarantee you'll come back for the more expensive revelations filled with even greater wonder next month on Fiji. We get addicted to positive, heartfelt, expensive theater. What we really need is a jumpstart, an awakening, someone who can give us a reminder that everything we need lies within. Through inspiration and practical knowledge, Dorothy Donahue helps people get grounded and motivated, inspired and energized. It's not just words and affirmations and the power of intention. It's a mindset brought about by a tangible, transcendental experience, an audiovisual, physical, spiritual experience that helps us realize we transform ourselves. We get tools to become the conscious co-creators of lives of unlimited potential. Find out more. Go to DorothyDonahue.com. You are listening to A Conversation That Matters on The Life Changes Show. Broadcasting live from the heart of Los Angeles every Monday night at 7 p.m. Pacific Time. Share the journey with us at lifechangesshow.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Life Changes Show. We're back, and our performance guest tonight is singer, songwriter, and so much more, Luciana Zogby. Welcome to the Life Changes Show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Very happy to be here. So good to have you. Interesting. Both our in interview guests and performance guests are big influencers on uh, on on social media. And uh, you, Luciana, uh, you have a <laughs> you have a great story as to how exactly you did that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it, it was, it, yeah, I have a very funny story actually, because the truth is I never, so just as a background, like I was born and raised in Brazil. Um, and I'm the, the kind of kid that my mother says, I learned how to sing before I learned how to speak. <laughs> so I was mm -hmm. like the annoying child that would quote unquote perform at family gatherings, events, insist that everyone like sing and dance along. And well, despite being that's in love not with annoying. Music, <laughs> it's adorable. My family members would disagree. But, 
Yeah. But, you know, I, so I was, I was in love with music my whole life. Um, but despite, you know, this love, I never really considered music as a formal career, um, believing it to be a bit too unrealistic. Um, but, you know, when I was in college, um, my, you know, I, I recorded a video of me singing um, a John Legend song and my sister was the one to create my channel on YouTube and upload it for me. Um, and we thought like it would get maybe three views, like my grandma, my mom, my dad, maybe <laughs> like, you know, um, so it was a huge surprise when um, so many people from all over the world started watching and commenting and encouraging me to continue uploading, which I did. And, um, you know, then I eventually started releasing my own original music and well, here we are and, so, and yeah. here we are so not only have millions of people watched that video and many others of yours but you have subscribers in upwards of 2.8 million and counting that's something I've, I've been very lucky yeah i've been very lucky so I, I i actually think the audience is lucky obviously you're got a beautiful voice and great presentation and and you're beautiful and uh, I, I think you. that what you t sing about in your original music also is striking a chord. And so we all get to benefit from that. Tell, tell us what you like to sing about. And, I, and I, actually, I'm going to share this. This is what, one of the things that got me. And, and actually, I'll say thank you to Annika Paris uh, from the yes. Musicians Institute for introducing us to, to you and you to the show. Uh, here's one of the things that really got me when Annika was sharing about you. Um, so you like uh, your work centers around breaking barriers and borders and promoting unity and transcendence. Hello. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, I like to think of music as a kind of universal language, maybe the universal language that can transcend all kinds of borders and boundaries. Um, you know, you don't necessarily have to speak uh, the language to feel the music. Um, and I think that's music has always served as a powerful tool for political, cultural, spiritual change. And, you know, in my own work, I strive to strike a balance between addressing these themes, especially cultural and spiritual themes, and also creating music that, you know, is just entertaining, well-produced, I hope and that reflects you know my own personal experiences well we're going to talk a little bit more about that in a little bit but speaking of well-produced and entertaining we're going to get to hear one of your songs now and this one is extremely important along the lines of everything we've talked about it's called ropes tell us about that so ropes um ropes is a song about identities so um the identities we build for ourselves, I believe, hold us together and give us meaning, but also hold us back from change and growth. So I, I give this example when I'm talking about the song. So I've always thought of myself as sad and a bit melancholic and maybe even a bit depressed. And maybe because of like some naive idea that I had that artists had to have some kind of tortured soul to create great art. You know, the meme we always hear about the, you know, the, the sad artist that creates, you know, amazing art. But, um, 
I started questioning questioning that when I realized that I created my best work when I was happy and feeling good. So mm. um, yeah. So, but you know, that sadness had then at that part of my life like become my ad- identity in, in, in a kind of way. And my family knew me that way, and my friends knew me that way. And um, when people have this idea of you, and when you have this idea of yourself. That makes it very hard to change in any meaningful way, with which is why I feel so many people feel like they have to move cities to like change or or to, um, yeah. So clearly, instead of going to therapy, I write songs, <laughs> <laughs> and it oh, yeah. helps others as well. And <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> and so may we be served by this uh, great song called "Ropes," written and sung by Luciana Zogby pre-recorded here on the Life Changes Show Online Edition.
Luciana Zogby. Wow. Thank you. Cut the ropes. Cut the ropes. <laughs> yes, yes. Cut the ropes. <laughs> <laughs> that was ropes. So uh, I know you're enjoying what you're hearing. So you could go to the Life Changes Show dot com website page for luciana zogby and you'll find links to her and you'll find uh an official uh music video for uh lori which another song we're not going to get to hear it today but you can hear it there and you can also find links to youtube and spotify instagram is easy you can find her at lu underscore z-o-g-b-i lu underscore z-o-b-g-i and you'll find lots of videos and music there as well. So, uh, Luciana, so Luciana sounds like it comes from a part of the world and Zogby sounds like it comes from another part of the world. And <laughs> yeah. tell us more. I am a little melting pot. Yeah, for sure. Um, so my family is originally from Lebanon, but I was born in Brazil and I love to travel. So I, I definitely do. Um, 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 I'm very lucky to be able to draw from a very rich pool of influences um, to make music for sure. Well, you like traveling around the world, I know, and, and you like it also because you gather in, uh, inspiration, right, for your music? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, th I feel like all of my music has like, there, there's a, like a little story or a little, um, so yeah, the next song, um, I think we, we, um, we're going to talk about, but, um, I, so I don't want to give too much away, but, um, um, <laughs> um can I, can I, can I talk about Red Sun? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So. Absolutely. Okay, cool. but, but before you do, actually, I was going to, I was going to say that along with traveling around the world, you also know many different languages and, and I loved how I, because there's a difference as a singer myself I, I i speak a certain amount of languages but i can sing in a lot of different languages you mm -hmm. beat me though you said <laughs> i can sing in any language you want me to <laughs> i've never That's said just, that <laughs> we can't be picky these, these days i'll sing in whatever language you want me to sing <laughs> <laughs> how about saying something in in portuguese for us in portuguese yeah um um, so you want me to sing a song in Portuguese? No, no, no. Just say something. Oh, just say something. Oi, meu nome é Luciana. Eu tô muito feliz de estar aqui hoje com você. Um, I just said, hi, my name is Luciana, and I'm very happy to be with you today. That's so cool. Thank you for doing that. Okay, so <laughs> so uh, off we go to influences in music that we're about to hear, actually, in this upcoming song. Mm-hmm. Um, so this, this song was funny. Um, I was in the studio with, um, Grant, uh, the producer, and he had this toy Kalimba, um, and I started playing with it and we started recording some layers of Kalimba and just having so much fun. And so even though like my music falls under the umbrella of pop, I guess it really is a fusion of different genre styles that include like rock, pop, indie, um, and of course the kalimba is very African in its origin. So, um, yeah, just my primary focus when creating music is just following my instincts, I guess, um, feeling what sounds good and not worrying too much about the boundaries of genre. So when I first heard this song right away, within the first couple of notes, people hear it, it's different, right? And, and you hear, oh, there's something we don't hear ever. Mm -hmm. Uh, but, but. You're saying it was an actual toy or it was just an instrument that he had lying around? It was an instrument, but it was 
it was I don't even know. So like it was <laughs> But you played it and I you recorded don't it. No. So <laughs> it it was it was a very, very small thumb kalimba. So wow. um yeah, so so we were it it sounds like one thing, but we actually recorded many, many layers of it. So um yeah, it, it had like maybe three notes. <laughs> wow. Yeah, okay, so actually before we hear it, so the song is Red Sun. What is it about? So Red Sun, it follows it follows the theme of actually ropes, um, but in a bit more of a positive light. So it speaks of having the courage to change. Um, clearly, change is a very <laughs> it's a common theme among my songs. Um, but yeah, it's a, a song that speaks of the courage to change and escape old versions of yourself. So you know, Red Sun kind of being the metaphor for the sunset of your old self and the sunrise of your new self. Um, a reminder to myself to always keep moving forward, to keep changing, um, to not let your attachment to anything of your past stand in the way of your growth, um, mm. which sometimes, yeah, I, it's, it, it, it really was a reminder for me because um, I had to learn in my own life to, to really hold my opinions and my identities really very loosely. So I'm, I, now I, I think I've learned to like, change my mind very easily on things if you know new evidence comes to light or if I learn things or um yeah just if you don't look back I, I this is something I believe in if you don't look back at your old self um and cringe a bit you're not learning you're not growing <laughs> <laughs> wow that's great I've never heard that and by the way I think ropes is actually very positive cutting those ropes I mean for yeah. someone to actually get to the point where you do that so that's positive and this is even more positive here is Luciana Zogby's pre-recorded song Red Sun here on the Life Changes Show Online Edition
Wow, Red Sun with Luciana Zogby. Thank you so much, Luciana. Thank you so much for having me on. I've had so much fun. <laughs> Us too. And uh, if you're enjoying what you're hearing, you could go to lifechangeshow.com and look up Luciana Zogby. Zogby is Z-O-G-B-I. And find her on Instagram and all the other millions of people that are following her. Follow her there at L as in Luciana and you underscore Zogby, Z-O-G-B-I. And again, we have her links for Spotify, YouTube, and a uh, another... Another song of hers, Lori. Now, uh, I have to ask you, uh, in in this song, there's like a, a chant part of it, like, you know, da, 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 um, and, uh, under the red sun, right? Is that, that's what you're saying there? Yep, exactly. Okay. And, and then the, the Lori one has a Lori kind of thing. <laughs> exactly like that, yeah. <laughs> no, not exactly like that. You have to go hear her do it. But so what is that? You like those kinds of things and they're, they're, they're like, I, you want to hear them. That's the thing. Yeah. Uh, so so the Lori, the, what you were just saying, it goes like, Lori, Lori. And I think it has yes. a bit of like a Middle Eastern influence there. Like, uh -huh. actually, you're the first person to notice it. I had, I didn't notice it myself. So yeah, sometimes I do things and I don't, uh, I don't notice it and, until someone points it out. Yeah, I love them. And so now I'm going to go see, have to listen a lot more. So if you want to listen to uh, Luciana's, you know how to find her. Uh, Luciana Zogby, thank you so much. All the best to you. This has been great having you on the show. To you too. Keep shining. Thank you so much for having me on. Likewise, all the best. So with a big thank you again to Luciana Zogby and another big thank you to our interview guest, Jamie Logan. That is our show. On behalf of our executive producer, Dorothy Lee Donahue, and our executive producer and co-host, Mark Lejure, I am your host, Filippo Voltaggio, reminding you that as your life changes, like ours surely did tonight, we're here for you. Ciao, everyone. You have been listening to The Life Changes Show on the BBS Radio Network. Listen live every Monday night at 7 p.m. Pacific Time and visit us online at lifechangesnetwork.com, on Facebook at The Life Changes Show, and on Twitter at Life Changes Show. Join us again next week as we consciously explore and embrace the only constant, Life Changes. The Life Changes Network is an entertainment network. The views and opinions expressed are those of the guests and participants and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of Life Changes.